you know, thank you very much. It's been a joy to be here. Uh, I want to replace the word surprise with the word Samson, you know. So it's been absolutely uh, wonderful to be here this morning. I couldn't attend, uh, you know, Monday Manor as much as I wanted to because of being in a different time zone. And uh, two and a half hours, uh, we are two and a half hours ahead. So thank you very much for this uh, opportunity to uh, share the word of the Lord right there in the beginning or the start of the week, uh, Monday. You know, Monday has been always referred to as Black Monday or it's been referred to as uh, Monday Blues and you can have all the colors, you know, trying to depict the Monday, which was not very, you know, complimentary. It was always on the dark side. It was always, oh my goodness, it's Monday, you know. And in fact, they say, thank God it's Friday, but they don't say, thank God it's Monday. Uh, we want to bless the Lord this morning as a small group, uh, primarily because we are alive. I mean, it's such a joy to be alive, right? And it took the Lord's uh, grace and mercy to wake us up today. And, uh, you know, to see another bright new day. And I'm always fascinated by the Lord's word. Yeah, Samson, we can hear, overhear you. So, okay. So, you know, it always fascinates me to read, to understand when God tells us my faithfulness is new every morning. I mean, I can never stop wondering on that Lord's commitment to us as people. He doesn't have to do it. And his old faithfulness itself is, uh, is enough for us. But praise God for, for this. Uh, let's quickly move on and see, for instance, this morning, I would like to share the subject of the Lord is my light. I know it's very familiar and, and well... <clears throat> The Lord is not only my light, but he confirms to us in Psalm 27 and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? <clears throat> uh, if you study the psalm, you know, uh, it almost seems like two psalms in one. I mean, somebody has stitched this together. The reason is, uh, or let's, let's uh, examine it in the sense that uh, he begins with this triumphant note of saying that uh, the Lord is my salvation and I have nothing to fear. And towards the end of this particular psalm, he goes into a very depression and goes into, into uh, a case of wonder and, and uh, fear. How very strange, isn't it? So I began to read into it and one, one of my observations is that, well, things can change in our faith and in our, in our acceptance of the Lord in just a single day, sometimes in a single hour. I want to dwell on the things that he says initially in Psalm 27.1. Uh, David was in extreme danger. You know, the king, King Saul and his people were really hounding him. Though he was in danger, he was not in darkness. Yes, he was hiding in a cave. And I mean, look through what David went through. And 
we would imagine and think, but should a man of God go through all this? You know, I mean, shouldn't be, shouldn't he be in God's lap of luxury? The fact of the matter is that though he was an ultimate peril, not knowing where the next second of his life is going to be there or snuffed out, he says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. And because he is this, why should I fear? Now, I want us to dwell in terms of fear. Well, it's a, it's a human aspect and, uh, you know, and, and we, we all fear. We get into these various moments of fear. So let's examine it. The time that we have, let's examine it and see exactly uh, how many of us respond to this, how many, many of us fall prey to this, and what should we be doing, especially as professionals. I think most of us are professionals on this platform. And how do we see Psalm 27, not just as another psalm tucked away in the number, as another number of friends, I believe that this is a psalm for our times. Well, the whole word of God is, but this morning, it wasn't difficult for me when Samson asked me, he said, can you share? It wasn't difficult for me to come and say yes, because I was dwelling in this so very often. Now let's look at the, the reality of fear. Now, you know, we people are not scared of the dark. But what we're scared of is what's in it. You know, I, I travel quite a bit. And when I arrive at some place in the morning, I have absolutely no problems. You know, because it's, it's bright as day. And there's a sense of great confidence. But when I arrive in the night, and even if I have to wait for a pickup, there's a sense of fear. You know, will I be picked up? Will I be, you know, is anything going to happen to me in the meantime? Which it does, especially in certain foreign airports. So we're not just scared of the dark, dark, but we're scared of what's in it and what can what can happen after that? What can come out of that? It's interesting that we are not afraid of heights, actually. But we are afraid of falling. I mean, these all seem to be like a contradiction in terms. But that's exactly where our fear develops. Number three, we are not afraid of meeting people. But we are afraid of rejection. Let me put this in a context. I share on communications for evangelism and the Lord brought me through the field of advertising and marketing communications to teach me that it's time to come and advertise the name of the Lord. Advertise salvation. Advertise what he's done on the cross. So one of the things that I experience when I use, you know, an exercise on barriers to communication Everywhere they will say that they are afraid of rejection. And I have to confirm to them it is not about you, it's about the Lord. We are only postmen to deliver his message. So there is no aspect of rejection. Uh, we are also in terms of our efforts, our endeavor, 
we are invariably afraid to try the second time. In fact, one of the things that we are afraid of getting hurt or failing the second time. In my business programs, one of the things that I share with them is that the greatest enemy to creative thinking is the first right answer. We, we become, you know, uh, we, are, we are victims of arithmetic. One plus one is equal to two. I started off in finance and went to do advertising because one plus one, I wanted it to be 11. Think of ways in, in, in breaking the paradigm and looking at the breakthroughs, etc. Yeah, that's, this can happen with, with most of us. And so therefore I would early in this session, you know, advise and encourage I mean, there's nothing like trying again and again. Probably we are just at the point or we are at the goal of success. Lastly, you know, we are, we are not really afraid to let go of something, but we are afraid to accept the reality that it's gone. So we still keep pondering about it. I like this little quote where somebody said that, you know, why are you crying over spilt milk? And the person retorts and says, well, I was making it salty for the cat. <laughs> so that's, that gives you a bit of a, uh, you know, a canvas in terms of fear. And, and there are certainly different times of the day that we seem to experience this fear. It's interesting to note that fear doesn't exist anywhere outside except in the mind. Now, this is a difficult point for acceptance, and I, I definitely don't want to get into a very serious debate on this. But to understand that it's all in the mind, you know. People, of course, won't get into phobias, then, you know, people are afraid of spiders or afraid of snakes or this and that. Well, those are physical things, and I, I think we need to get frightened about them but frightened about what's going to happen. Will I still have my job this morning, uh, tomorrow or this morning? And, and I don't want to elaborate, but we know that our headlines don't seem good. The things that are happening around Sri Lanka is absolutely not just in the mind, but it's, it's happening for us to see. And therefore what happens is there's tremendous amount of fear. I want to just uh, look through this particular, sorry, uh, look through this model. I like the acronym where it talks about and says that the acronym for fear, or the, the amplification is false evidence appearing real. You know, very often we exaggerate. We think of something which is going to happen, never happens. But look what it does to us in the meantime, scary situations and fear, chemical changes in the mind and the body, unaware, we don't know. And, and we are getting all this upon ourselves. The blood drains from the frontal cortex and logic disappears. The clarity of thought is lost and we can't think straight. So look at this thing that called the mind you know, becomes an arena, even becomes a stand, 
a stadium for conflicting thoughts and, and, and fearful thoughts. Since most of us are business people on this platform, that's what I believe, I want to leave just a thought before we actually dive into uh, the many more important things of Psalm 27. You see, it says, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives, gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So in essence, just worrying will not overcome fear, but proactive thinking and proactive action will. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionately involved in, in programs on, on thinking creatively. And when I do meet corporates and leaders, I say that you don't need creative thinking in the good times. You need creative thinking in the bad times. Simple problems need simple answers, but complex problems need creative answers. So look where we are. We, we have been in the comfort zone largely pre-COVID. We're safe and controlled and businesses were, you know, going more than usual. And then suddenly we enter into the fear zone where we are not only affected by physical aspects that were happening around that, but we were affected by others' opinions. We were affected by the headlines. We were, you know, we were affected by the predictions. And then, of course, there was a stream of excuses in the sense, particularly in the hospital industry, where, you know, we don't want to go much into that, but we've experienced it. Lack self-confidence. But here's the learning zone. I said that, you know, we, we have to change our minds. Not easy, but def definitely not impossible. To have mindsets which deal with challenges and problems in terms of opportunities. What is the opportunity that you can find in this problem? One didn't have to go too far to find opportunities in masks and sanitizers and other aspects, right? So we acquire new skills, we extend the comfort zone into something far more powerful and useful. And of course, I leave you with the growth zone, which we want to live day by day because God's faithfulness is new every morning and we don't want to get up on a black Monday, okay? Live our dreams, set new goals and realize aspirations. Okay. So instead of fear, is move on, think anew, do something. And most certainly I believe the Lord wants such people because he, he, his faithfulness is new every morning for us not to be, to be worrying and to be, he's our heavenly father. So, Let's let's look at also. Uh, so, uh, a piece of advice: uh, don't feed the fears, or they'd love to come back, right? And uh, another acronym I found has two meanings. Fear is forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. Friends, we have a choice. We have a choice for that. 
I like this quote I used often is when the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear the wind. So David was really the, the center of our, uh, uh, our manner this morning to help us and to bless us and to take us forward. He was deep rooted in God. David was deep rooted in God. And, and when you look at David's life, you know, I mean, he felt down morally. And, you know, the, the Lord God had every reason to say, David, you know, I think my bets are off on you, right? So was Job, somebody that we should need to discuss and look at. His wife blew him up and said, I mean, just curse God and die. He said, All the good things that we get from God, aren't we times there will be bad times. Coming back to David, he was so deep rooted in God that nothing mattered. And, and therefore, this was his confidence. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I was working late into the night last night and I found some issues in terms of how do I bring to each one of you the significance of the word is. So if the colors are right on your screen, it is in blue and it's in italics to just tell us that the Lord doesn't give us light. The Lord doesn't give us a torch. He is not shining light in some dark area and say, well, look here or look there. He is my light. And if he is my light, that's exactly what he created. Or, I mean, in the sense that uh, I, I, maybe the word created would be wrong in this sense. There, the Lord said that there be light. And there was light much before the sun, moon, and stars. How unfortunate that people stand, when, especially when I'm traveling by train and come past rivers, there are people who are there worshipping the sun. They're worshipping that which is an object, a created object, and they are imagining that they are worshipping the living God. So the Lord is my light. And he's also my salvation. He rescues me. He takes me out of danger zones or he protects me, etc. So here, of course, David says that, whom shall I fear? Because he was being hounded and he was talking about people. And he says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, David, David had guts, you know. And, and David was mighty in, his, in, in mind. I think the guy didn't, didn't fear. But again, in the same chapter as I, as I prefixed saying that there would be, you know, in the same chapter, he, he sort of loses out some kind of momentum. But we dwell on this. See, we don't need ordinary light for the things that are going around and the dark things that are going around in our world today. Yeah. And I'd like to believe that there would be believers in, in 
Sri Lanka today, or there would be believers in in Ukraine today, in amidst all that damage and destruction and no hope, to lie absolutely confident, deep-rooted in this aspect that the Lord is my light and my salvation, therefore, Things can happen and will happen. I see them happening. I see in the headlines are disastrous. But whom shall I fear? Or why should I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Have I kept this psalm or have I kept these words for too long uh, just as a matter of speaking? Or have I embedded them in my soul? And therefore, what he also says that though war may rise against me in this, I will be confident. What I've done is, and, uh, you know, I keep doing this, is stitch some verses from the top and bring it down, down there. There are verses and there are words in between, but I've stitched it. And this is exactly what I want to present this morning is what and where is my confidence? My confidence is in the fact that the Lord is my light. My confidence is not in technology. My confidence is not in public policy and the way this, you know, our government is going and other governments. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. And the Lord doesn't give me strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Now, now consider that. Consider that right through the week. And, and the weeks thereafter. He is the light. He is the strength because dark areas require his light. And therefore, even the war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. So here you got embrace that, put that into brackets for the simple reason that this is where my confidence lies. In no other thing, cannot be. So David was deep rooted in God. His confidence was battle tested. He didn't have fair weather faith. He wasn't in a comfortable monastery making or writing this particular statement. David knew God's presence even in danger and despair. He knew it. And there was no lack of that particular knowledge of that strength, you know, that made him go forward. And he, he hungered for God's presence. Because he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, one thing, not five things, not three things, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, one thing I desire. I keep wondering and I say that if only our churches, yeah, they are physical buildings, but once when we enter the solemnity, the presence of God is so deeply felt that we don't see anything. We are just still knowing God. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, to talk to him. Lord, what should I do about this situation? How will you lead me forward? 
David hungered for God's presence. So friends, I have to go. <laughs> if fear comes knocking at your door, answer it with faith. Faith in the deep-rooted God who's faithful to us every morning. Most of us, and probably all of us on this platform, have read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. All that is required to face the future. He has not given us the spirit of fear. We take it. We sort of relish it. We, we love it, right? <laughs> but after this morning, I... I, I believe we'll have a different perspective. So wait at his door with prayer. Wait at his foot with humility. Wait at his table with service. Wait at his window with expectancy. That's a great Spurgeon quote. Okay. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. So friends, when we have received this light, let's carry it to every dark corner because there are people who are hurting. There are people who, who do not have this confidence that, that David had and that now each one of us, at least on this morning, have, have grabbed it, have captured it, have made it our own. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid of? What shall I be afraid of? Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Though war may rise against me, he says, in this will I be confident. What is the source of confidence? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So friends, begin and end each day in God's holy presence. I know we are busy. I know we have deadlines, etc. Nothing like being still and knowing that he is God. Thank you very much. It's been a joy. God bless you and have a great week. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful confidence that you've given to us this week, the Monday Manna. Lord, thank you, Lord, that the wonderful points that we hear how to come out of fear as per Psalms 27, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yes. Lord, thank you for the confidence that you have given to us to face all the challenges as yes. we go through in every day's affairs, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, Help us to encourage others who are going through challenging time financially, health-wise. Lord, in all the other parts of their life when they lost their hope, when they lose their hope, when they yes. lose their confidence, let us be a change agent to them. Yes. And increase their faith, Lord. This morning, I pray for each and every one. Yes, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless their work of their hands. Bless their business. Yes, Lord. Lord, let this message carry on in our mind throughout this week. Yes. Encourage us, empower us, enable us to do great things for you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we once again thank you. We praise you yes, for Brother Sam, for this confident giving 
message, Lord. Bless his business, bless his family. Lord, we also pray for the CBMC and the CBMC Young, the new vision that you have given to the CBMC team to touch more young people in the coming days, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we bless this day, we bless this whole week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Samson, and everybody who's been on this uh, platform. Thank you for coming this morning. Have a great day. Have a great week and have a great month. <laughs>